Hello, welcome to the Common Sense Mental Health Podcast. My name is Timothy Crumley, and I'm here with my co-hosts, uh, Carlos Morissette and Emma Cranston. Uh, but first, here is a little bit about our practice. So Common Sense Mental Health is a, it's, it's basically the overhead for a group of private providers, uh, licensed mental health counselors, social workers, uh, and we operate within our own practices and we provide uh, teletherapy throughout New York State. We also provide in-person therapy as well within the capital region. And all of our providers are competent in teletherapy. Uh, we specialize in video, phone, as well as text-based services. And some of our providers have their own practice that work with Common Sense. And in those practices, they may be overseeing uh, interns or um, sort of pre-licensed providers who are under limited permits uh, or something along those lines. Uh, but that is Common Sense Mental Health in a nutshell. Um, any questions, you're always welcome to reach out and ask, and we will be happy to answer. All right, so let's get started. So I think today we're going to keep it pretty nonchalant. Not that we're like that formal usually, um, but I think we're going to keep it pretty nonchalant um, just because I know we've been off for a few weeks. Um, Carlos and I were traveling um, and then uh, we've been quarantining actually since having traveled. So um, yeah, so we want to get back up and going. So we'll maybe do some check-ins and kind of okay. just talk about ourselves a little bit. I do today also want to try to talk about a check-in uh, in terms of the ongoing election season, just because it is happening all around us. We haven't really addressed it in our podcast. Um, more and more of my clients are talking about it as we're entering, or we're in August, and as we're going to be entering September. Um, and I know, Emma, you and I talked a little bit that I think your hesitation as well as mine about talking about this topic is I don't want to go into great detail on a podcast. Well, let me correct that. I do want to go into great detail about my political beliefs on a podcast because I am into politics and I do have strong beliefs, but um, I don't want to do that um, given that I, we have clients that may be listening. And I that is something that I could see, you know, not that we haven't touched on other topics that do this, but that's something I could see certainly impacting the therapeutic frame. Uh, yeah. You know, if I had somebody who had very different beliefs, um, you know, so... Anyway, so I guess we'll play that as we go. And I'm going to be careful myself. I get the sense, Emma, that you will be too. Um, yeah. But we'll see. We'll see how much I can contain um, <laughs> for myself. I think you might do a better job, Emma, than me. Um, you know, but then the other piece is like, you know, going back to the often, my words, going back to that authenticity. Um, mm -hmm. I also don't mind clients necessarily knowing to a certain degree, you know, because um, it also ties into social justice and other things we talked about. So, I'm going to stop rambling. Um, how are the two of you doing this afternoon? I am happy to be back. I honestly, in a sense, I've been so busy as we've been off on this break that, in a sense, I didn't notice that the mm. podcast was gone. But at the very, like, I very much did notice at the same time. Yeah. Because um, I really enjoy doing this, so I missed it. Um, I am doing okay. I have a little, you know, I'm still in my grieving process. I have a little bit of bitterness. I was supposed to be in London right now. Oh. Um, I know I, I like complain about this at every opportunity I get, but no, it's still okay. relevant. It's okay. <laughs> um, I guess the side benefit is now that I was supposed to be in London, we can start moving past it. Um, but, you know, having my own feelings there, but overall, Doing well, knock on wood, mm -hmm. during a pandemic. Doing as well um, as one could be during a pandemic. And exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. How about you, Carlos? I'm good. Um, definitely miss doing the podcast. It's a nice break from like actual work work to hop into the podcast and then, you know, it's a little break and then we get back into work. So, um, yeah, I definitely miss doing that. Um, yeah. It's been one heck of a quarantine. Two weeks is a lot longer than people realize. <laughs> and yeah, not being able to do our own shopping, just like do our own errands. Mm. It's definitely annoying yeah. to have to rely on services, especially when the services don't work properly. Mm. So I'm looking forward to the end of this quarantine next week. Mm. So you guys have been back like a week now? Yeah. Uh, a week and two days. Not that we're counting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, a week and two days as of today. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What? 
Oh no, I was gonna just to add. No, I, I'm I'm totally with Carlos on that. I, I the quarantine has been interesting. Um, I mean, it's not too different from what we were doing before because I've been doing only tele with clients. Um, but yeah, I mean, we would you know run errands, right? We would run out and do things. I would have I would, you know run out to the office, and that's really exciting. And it has been exciting since March to go out and do those things. So, um, yeah. So not doing any of that is definitely new but um yeah but it also you know yeah it's long but it, it definitely is the right thing to do and um mm-hmm. monday will be here before we know it as, as you know kind of as even though aspects of this have really sucked um it, it's also going by fast so it's not right you know and it could be now it could, it could be worse but i agree with you carlos that trying to utilize these systems where you know whether it's you know everything from instacart to you know just trying to do things from home um yeah i think really speaks to i mean not that, I, mean, we're, I think we were running into that when the pandemic first started and we had the spike here in New York, but especially when it's like, no, you have to quarantine, you cannot leave. It does give insight into some of the privileges that we have just being able to go out and do things and during yeah. a pandemic, right? I mean, the fact that we went on this trip, there was a lot of, I think, privilege wrapped up in that. Um, so yeah, the fact that we're having to go two weeks and having to deal with groceries not showing up, it's like, you know, this is, I think, just a little glimmer of what other people are navigating and have been navigating right now. Um, maybe people who can't leave their houses for other reasons or, um, yeah. So, um, yeah, I fully agree. I, I'm totally over Walmart's delivery service and it's um, complete yeah. crap just to be totally uh, blunt yeah. for a moment. Um, <laughs> um, and, you know. Yeah, anyway, I can go on about that. But um, yeah, so I, I agree. Um, the trip itself went well. I just want to kind of remind listeners too. I, we actually mentioned this in a podcast several episodes back, but it's kind of like buried and hidden. Um, uh, we did end up going to visit a friend of ours in Texas. Um, and we drove there because I'm not getting on a plane right now. Apparently, there is actually an airline that is following the guidelines. And I could be off base on this, but there's one that is fo- there's one that's actually not booking every seat but then there are quite a few others who are they're just packing planes despite receiving bailout money and, and all that um, shocking. shocking shocking right um so um i don't want to ch- i didn't want to chance that so we didn't fly but we drove and we did a lot of social distancing you know did take out and drive throughs never sat in a restaurant um the hotels we stayed in you know we knew the cleaning policies going into those hotels and um so overall i mean it felt very like we managed it well it, it went very well there weren't really any major hiccups um the friend we visited, you know, basically doesn't really leave her apartment. So, um, you know, that felt okay. And yeah, and it went well, but, um, that all said, we're still doing quarantine for, for the New York state regulations. Yeah. Yeah. Can still be asymptomatic. That's right. But, and it's not worth getting a, um, COVID test because it takes so long for the test to get back for the result. Right. So basically we would have to quarantine for two weeks and it can take up to two weeks for us to get a result. Mm -hmm. So we would have to sit there and get a swab stuck up our nose for no reason. Right. And And we have to wait five days to do that because you want to give it time to incubate. Right. uh, am I using that word right? Incubate? Is that right? Yes. Okay. Um, it's one of those words that I never use. And then suddenly I'm using it on a podcast. And I'm like, is that correct? Um, but yeah, it's giving it, giving it that time to, to get settled in. Um, uh, yeah, exactly. And by the time you're going to get the results. So it was like, cause I actually called, so I, I, I um, had a, uh, Oh my God. So <laughs> I know Carlos can't stand the show. I love the show. We may have talked about it on here. Have you, have you watched Frasier, Emma? Are you a fan of Frasier? I, I remember bits and pieces of it when I was like a kid. Okay. I did not watch it consistently enough to like know any character besides Frasier. Okay. Okay. It's one of my like comfort sitcoms. Like I also watched it when I was a kid and I just, I can go through the series. It's, I like I rotate it with the office and with friends and other sitcoms. Um, uh-huh. I'm not currently in that cycle and Carlos is thankful he can't stay in the show. Um, but, um, but that said, uh, I, it made me think of this because probably a good like month before we left, I called New York State and I called to uh, reserve a test, like for us to go, like, go into like one of the drive-throughs and go to like SUNY Albany. This is a reserve, month prior, like a month prior. And the woman on <laughs> like the phone, right? And, and it felt like a very like Fraser Crane moment because I called and I think I literally said I would like to make a reservation or I like something along those lines. 
for a COVID test oh when we when we return and he's in the room. He's in the he's and he's I'm just the, looking at him like, what are you doing? He didn't know I was gonna do it prior to calling. So yeah, so like he's looking at me like, what is wrong with you? And the woman starts laughing. She goes, um, sir, we don't do that. We don't we don't hold spots a month in advance. She goes, you want to call 48 hours in advance and and <laughs> let God. us know that you are coming and that you want to make the appointment. Um, and uh, yeah, she got quite the kick out of it. And, and as soon as it came out of my mouth, I was like, what a, like, what a pompous, like, again, privilege. Like, it was just like, it was so clear the moment I said it. And the moment I, I was like, why are you calling? Why are you doing this right now? Like, clearly they don't do it that way. Um, anyway, so it was, a, it felt very much like this, like, Fraser Crane moment. Um, but anyway, that was just a side story to that. But yes, you're, you're correct, Carlos, that it takes uh, a while to get those results anyway. So I just decided to forget it and this is quarantine and um yeah yeah go for a drive picnic right yes. little, get a little lunch or whatever go in the car drive someplace pretty and then don't leave the car yes that's yeah true. we could do that yeah well we do get air when we walk the dogs but we, we wear masks yes and we'll go for a little walk you know behind the apartment where no one like really walks and <laughs> that's been nice but that's good mm-hmm. yeah yeah but yeah, this coming Monday will be two weeks already. I know the office like needs things like paper towels and things like that. So oh, no. um, I think once Monday hits, I think you and I will probably go together. I'll, yeah, I'll be, I'll be working from the office that day. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be pumped to get out. And, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Um, any further check-in stuff that either of you want to... Um, elaborate on or talk about no I'm just very excited to be drinking my energy drink it's a little grumpy this morning (laughs) had to filter myself a lot talking to people so now that I have caffeine in my system I'm I'm good to go that's good how did you make it this late it's 2 30 I know I know yeah I don't get that either (laughs) like how you make it until like the early afternoon I don't know how I well clearly I didn't make it because I was grumpy <laughs> I just put up with it but yeah it was a struggle yeah but yeah. I'm getting power to you man <laughs> well, so did you yell at any providers or clients no I I was very um, dry with my responses okay like not putting up with you know crap just like I don't want to I don't want to like you know say anything bad (laughs) (laughs) frustrations that you have doing some of the work that we do you manage that by having direct yeah like just frank responses blunt just like to the point responses try not to confuse anyone as much as possible yeah as much as possible but yeah. Yeah. Do you, know, do, you, do, you, do, you, do you like how I describe that? Yes, that was, was very that, well put. Was that better? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Very nice. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Anything else, Emma? You want to add to that? To that end? Oh my God. My life is the same as always. Like, my husband and I are just quarantining all the time. <laughs> Although we did actually get to see family again because we tried to, like, I showed this a million times, but we tried to quarantine for a good chunk of time and then see family and then quarantine again so we don't get any of the fam sick. So mm. we did get to see humans and it was like, the most restorative thing ever and I'm still like riding that high yeah I'm not my sad period yet (laughs) yeah right yes absolutely that makes sense yeah you kind of you you do ride that afterwards I mean I feel like like going to Target nowadays it's like you know oh I I did something really like but yeah seeing family absolutely like that's yeah yeah that's really nice yeah I've had to reframe a lot of my statements I made because I almost was about to say like oh I would die to go to to Target and then it's like, I probably shouldn't say that because, yeah, you with COVID, the, the potential is strongly there. Yes, there yeah. is. There, that is a real thing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, and I've learned I will not die to go to, to I keep saying die to go to COVID, yeah. but die to go to Target. I will happily, well, not happily, but I will sit at home and browse through Target's website, wish I could buy all the things and then not. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. That's fair. That it sense. is. It, it's not. It's literally. It's not the same though. Like when you're yeah. at a Target or when you're in like a store. I don't know what it is about Target, but Target has a specific smell. If that makes any sense. Like when you it walk does. into Target, you know you're in Target based on the smell. You do. Mm-hmm. I do. 
I do. You do. I can walk into a Target and I can smell like Target. Interesting. (laughs) And it's not a bad smell. It's a pleasant smell. Like it's Target. It's a a Target smell. So like, yeah, Uh even now thinking about it, I I can like smell it in my head. Mm. If that makes sense. Wow. Oh, target. <laughs> I mean, next time we go, I'm gonna have to. You're gonna notice. I'm gonna the notice smell that. Now. Yeah. yeah. You know what it is? We walk in, I get distracted by the fact that there's a Starbucks, like usually right like by the entrance. And that's not the smell, though. But right, it's not the smell. And obviously, Starbucks has its own smell. Um, well, at least I think so. But um, I'm focusing on that, so that may be why I've never noticed the smell. Probably. Because I'm always like, oh, I can get coffee. And then, I, and then I think to myself, well, you're 29. You can always get Starbucks. Mm-hmm. You don't have to get it right now. It's like, oh, it's in the store I'm in. Yay. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like this, that, still that 15-year-old that, anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's interesting. I never, I never noticed that about Target. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We will now. Yeah. Well, this said, all right, well, let's, let's, I guess, talk about some of the election stuff just in, in the context of the impact. Carlos wants to take a break. He just didn't say <laughs> hand clap way before Tim starts talking again, um, which, yes, we can do that. But, yeah, we'll jump into the election. And I think just talking about impacts that's having maybe for our clients, if that's coming up at all, what, how it's impacting us. Um, and to whatever degree you're comfortable, Emma, sharing and, and self-disclosing, and I'll, I'll navigate the same. Um, we'll see where that ends up. Um, and obviously same for you, Carlos. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. All right. Well, we'll take a break. Cool. All right. And we'll back. Um, but yeah, so just as we get started, I do want to note, um, I was making fun of you earlier for this and I did note that I was going to bring it up in the podcast. Um, Carlos is so wrapped close. up. Wrap- <laughs> I almost forgot. You did. Um, uh, but you're wrapped up in this what looks to be and, and I'm like I'm, I'm messing with you but I'm also being serious it, it looks to be a really comfortable blanket and mm-hmm. it's a it's one of those um, it's a heated blanket it's a heated blanket yes, yes. what? Yes. yes it's a heated oh blanket God. we have the AC like on 66 or something it's so, on 68 because that's so a reasonable in here. for some oh reason God. like our our AC will get the apartment to the temperature we have it set at but it will continue to blow it won't stop. Oh. Yeah, even if it's on auto, it will do even that. Even if it's for on auto, it'll just stay on. Yeah. So I'm always cold in here. Yeah. So like anytime I'm like in the living room, or it's also really annoying because like in our room, the the vent blows directly on my side of the bed, like literally mm-hmm. on me. He does not even feel it. It does. Yeah. <laughs> so like I'm I'm always cold. Yeah. <laughs> but it's nice. I'd rather have that than be too hot. Yeah. Well, that's nice. Someone put it on seventy yesterday and. Yeah. Because I put it on 70 because it was supposed to be 57 last night. That's why I opened all the windows. Right. And it was cooler, but it, I woke okay. up and, I, and it was warm. Oh. I mean, you may have been fine, but yeah. Um, anyway, I like 68 personally, but it does get it does get chilly in here. I, you're, you're right about that. And it doesn't stop. It does kind of just continue on. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I use a heated blanket in the summer. Right. That's hilarious. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Well, all right. So this all said. So yeah, talking about the election. So um, yeah, I mean, I have thoughts. Um, but before I jump into that, uh, thoughts for either of you, I guess. How how are each of you doing in the election of twenty twenty? Hopeful. Hopeful. Because nice. uh, I don't know. It, it seems like things are going to go our way, but you know, it seemed like that the last election. So. Again, hopeful (laughs) that nothing happens again. Um, But yes, again, I don't think it'll not turn out good. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's, I'm glad to hear that. That's Mm -hmm. good good to hear. yeah, that's actually probably the most like positive reaction yeah, loving the outlook. I've oh. heard. Yeah. Yeah. Got to put out that good energy out there. Right. Just keep it all, you know, manifest what you want. Keep it going. <laughs> yeah, keep it going. How about, how about you, Emma? Honestly, I'm a terrible role model. I have been largely avoidant and disengaged. Um, mm-hmm. Just... I, it's helpful because I can relate with a lot of my clients, <laughs> but um, it's it's a thing I know that is happening, and I will cross that bridge. And, you know, I will still I will be voting absolutely, um, but I'm just gonna get there and do the thing, and then cross my fingers and toes, and I don't know, do a good luck dance. I don't know. I'll develop that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That. That reminds me of, um, we just watched the um, Democratic uh, National Convention. 
Yeah, we watched the first night. Yep. And um, Michelle Obama gave like a really... You watched it, right? I watched it. it Wasn't was a, that it was incredible? An incredible speech. But God. she had mentioned um, that... She mentioned how, you know, Hillary Clinton lost the popular... Or won the popular role, um, but lost the whatever. Uh, electoral college. That. And she was saying if people had actually voted instead of saying, well, my vote doesn't matter. It was literally like, like one or two votes in each like polling. I, I think she, I, don't, I can't remember if she specified the state, but one of the three states where it was really close, she made the point that if I recall correctly, if I'm saying this right, that of the counties that voted in that particular state, it might have been like Michigan, for example, um, of those counties, the average difference in each county was two votes. Yes, that. Wow. Yes, which really puts it, I mean, because like, I think Michigan was like 11,000 total, but you look at it that way, that's very, and I don't remember exactly what state, it could have been Pennsylvania or Wisconsin, but yeah, that really puts that in perspective yeah like, like had those people voted we it would have turned out very differently right so your vote does matter people yes it does <laughs> every it does. vote counts yep yep yes it even does. though i don't actually i wish we would get rid of the electoral college but in this sense like we need to like just follow it <laughs> right it, it exists and we have to it, we have to work right. with it it's a stupid <laughs> system but you know yeah. do what works right yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm cautiously hopeful. Um, and I don't talk about that a ton just because I, I mean, not that I'm that superstitious, but I, I don't want to jinx it, you know, so I don't be like, Oh yeah. It's a, Cause I think in 2016 there was definitely fear, but, um, I remember the night of the election, it was like, you know, it was, we were pretty sure. Um, and looking back at the statistics, I mean, a lot of statisticians get, at least from what I can see online and I don't, I can't speak for them, but, um, like for example, 538, like they've made, a, they've made the point over and over again. Cause people were like, Oh, well you predicted that. And they're like, well, no, actually, if you look at the numbers, it wasn't like that far off. Like it wasn't, she wasn't in this huge lead. It felt like it. Cause I think there were so many States in play. I gotta be careful not to nerd out on this. There were so many States in play and, um, and, uh, and it's just because, I mean, and again, this I'll be, I'll be blunt with, cause I think probably most of my caseload understands this or agrees already. Um, and I, I believe it goes beyond party politics, um, that Donald Trump was so bad, was so atrocious of an option that it just, it wouldn't happen. Um, and, and again, just to know, I think there was a lot of um, uh, ignorance and privilege for myself. I can't speak for other people and my own assumptions around that. That No, we would not elect this person. And ignoring the fact that actually there's so many underpinnings in our systems and in our country, um, especially speaking as a white male, that, yeah, absolutely, this man could get elected. And he did. Um, even though you're right, Carlos, that big part of that had to do with the current system. Right. It wasn't based on a popular vote. Um, but even the fact that she only won by what, 3 million votes, which is a lot of people, but 60 some odd million people voted for Donald Trump. Right. Ultimately. And a good number are going to vote for him this time, even if Joe Biden wins in a landslide, knock on wood. Um, but yeah, but even if, even if that's the case and it's very clear and, and we're good to go, um, millions of people are going to vote for this man after the last four years. Well, cause if you think about it, like we are still experiencing racism and all, right. all this other crap. And the only reason we're, we're still experiencing that is because it's in the majority in our country. Right. So if you think about it, it makes sense. <laughs> it's very highly likely that he will get reelected because we're still going through all this crap. Right. Like it's it's still around. Yeah. So, yes, most of the country, I'm sorry. Yeah. No, are I apologize for that. Idiots. I'm sorry. I said it. I said it. Well, I'm but, sorry. But, but you're right, though. There's a lot of underlying. I mean, again, like, again just talking about racism, right? Like that's yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, it's it underlies so much of what we do in our society. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm, I mean, as as a white man, I'm still challenging and learning myself in terms of how I engage in that and my role in that. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's so, so no, I, I hear what you're saying, Carlos. It's like, there's just so, and there's other examples of that, like there's racism, there's sexism. I mean, there's just so many isms, right, so so that, that are at play here um, and that underlie. And, you know, we talk about, especially how white people vote. I mean, it's like, you know, my demographic, I mean, we, we're, we're, we're terrible. I mean, just the way that the people that we have, like if it were up to us each time, the people that we would elect and reelect, it's just atrocious. Um you know that I mean, because white men will vote in favor of Donald Trump at this point. Hopefully, it's less in 2016, but we will. Um, I won't personally, but my demographic will. Um, yeah. So no, it's your. I 
I mean, does that fit? Does that fit with what you're saying? Yeah, Paul? absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry for my lack of filter. No, no. <laughs> no you're, you're, fine. you're fine. I don't have any clients. <laughs> I could say that. That's true. You don't have any clients. You don't have any clients. Any thoughts, Emma? Anything that's coming up for you? We're diving into this. No, nothing. I am having any strong negative reactions to or anything. Mm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No tactful and non-committal. <laughs> well, yeah, and it's it's hard because I, you know, because I, again, I work with clients and then I've worked with people just in general, both currently and in the past, um, at different ends of political spectrums. You know, it's not. Yes. Yes, I think because of, you know, where we live and it's just because of those who seek therapy. And I think there's lots of different factors at play um, or those who even read our bios, right? Or read my bio, at least I hope, um, you know, that that's attracting or that's probably attracting people who are maybe in a similar part of that spectrum, even if we're not fully aligned or maybe we are. Um, uh-huh. But um, but yeah, and I and I think that of that. So it, it seems as though, okay, you know, we're in a very much a sort of bubble, you know, whatever that bubble is. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I don't know, I guess I, as I'm talking about this, um, I don't mind saying, for example, that, yeah, no, I'm very anti Donald Trump. I'm very, um, you know, I am much more so on, on the left of that spectrum. And I, and I guess that's, I was thinking about for the podcast. I think that's what I'm probably going to not be as specific about because I have clients who vary on that part of the spectrum, right? We think about, what it means to if someone identifies as a Democrat, for example, or as a Democrat socialist or as a socialist chair or whatever, like there are so many different labels that one may subscribe to or none at all. Um, and I don't mind people knowing that I'm, you know, in that arena, um, but I'm probably not going to get more specific than that. If that right. makes sense. If that, that makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, uh, that all said, um, yeah, I think going back to what we're talking about, Carlos, I think that um, there is definitely a chance that I think Donald Trump will be reelected. But I also think that there's a lot of indicators that statistically were not at play. Um, And like I said, I'll try not to nerd out too much, but that were not at play in 2016. Um, There are advantages and some of which have to do with some of the isms that we're talking about. There are advantages that Joe Biden has that Hillary Clinton did not, Um, you know, so. yeah, so I mean, we'll see, but I'm I'm also cautiously hopeful that right. that, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes a ton of sense. Other thoughts for, for both of you. Um, I have some other pieces, but before. Oh, those three. <laughs> Go ahead. I, have I guess because my my next thought is so I'm I'm kind of talking about this from my own uh, I guess from my own standpoint and sort of where you know, where it's all landing for me. Um, but I think in terms of working with our clients, um, and Emma, I guess I'm curious and I'll, I guess I'll, I'll turn to you and then I'll share some too. Um, I guess, how has that been in working with your clients in this climate and in the context of an election year during a pandemic, during an economic downturn, during, you know, all these other layers? Oh, it's been a breeze. Everyone's great. Um, <laughs> uh, a lot of struggle, honestly. Um, I do, as I'm thinking of my caseload, I definitely hear about like the stress specifically associated with the election from people who are more like on the democratic spectrum. Um, I, and I don't know, I, like I am not doing any kind of exhaustive sampling of my caseload or anything like that. Um, I haven't, there are plenty of clients who haven't been kind of like discussing these issues and have been navigating other things. So I, there are plenty that I don't even know their meanings. Um, but consistently the people who are the most stressed and or angry, um, are generally pretty, um, anti Donald Trump. Um, I will say that there, I don't know if I'll do the best job even explaining this, but I think that there's, there has been somewhat of a comfort for people in, have, like, 
in Donald's, Donald Trump's existence in his position. Um, I had a client put it really well. Like, I have a very concrete person that I can, like, channel some of my anger towards instead of, um, you know, a pandemic that is diffuse worldwide a little bit harder. You know, we can be angry at the pandemic. Um, I'm, I'm angry at the pandemic. Uh, but it's not a concrete thing. Right. Um, right. Yeah, I, I definitely don't have clients who are like planning any harm to, you know, it's not a risk to anybody. Um, but there is a comfort in just being able to say like, oh yeah, I, I really don't like this. Or I can say disrespectful things about this person that I wouldn't necessarily say anyplace else. Right. Um, right. So that I guess is one small comfort, but overall it's just been a lot of fear, a lot of unanswerable questions about like, oh, but what if it does happen? And, you know, I can do my best. Yeah, let's, let's go with that. What if this does happen? What does that mean for you? Um, but there's just so much that would shake out from that, that I can't anticipate. They can't anticipate. Um, it's tenuous for a lot of people. Yeah. 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 No, I definitely, I, I agree um, in large part, especially in terms of like what you were saying about, um, how people are talking about it versus not. Again, I, again, I welcome people who um, it hasn't come up, and mm-hmm. it's interesting because as a, as a therapist, you know, this. I mean, this ties into some of the to some of the uh, social justice uh, pieces that I know we talked a bit about here, and that as a therapist, I'm evolving on and I'm learning uh-huh. on because I mean, there was a time where, with any aspect of this, not just politics, but even like social justice, I would not, or even like you know, just pure racism that was like just very you know blatant and, and obvious, and you know, in a session with someone. Um, I, I would just hear them, right? I would, mm-hmm. I would, you know, maybe try to address it in some kind of um, trying to find the word in a in a way that is um, sort of maybe client centered or quote client centered or right. Whereas now, I I think I am much more apt to challenge it, and I'm still working on that and how I do that. But I'm much more like, no, you got to challenge this, Tim. Like you cannot. Like you, it's a service to this client to challenge it, let alone, um, and with you know politics in general. I talk about like the economy, for example. That's all. That all inter- that all intersects, and it's all um, you know. It's a part of like you know, social justice. But am I going to jump down someone's throat who you know who is you know either anti-capitalist or very pro-capitalist or even, you know, no? Like I'm 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 probably going to be more so taking that client-centered route, and I'm not going to bring up the election unless it's probably really pertinent to that person. Uh, right. You know. Um, like talking about some of these isms, that's something where I'm learning that, no, you really, even if the client's not bringing it up, if, if that is potentially part of what's going on for them, it is okay to bring that up and to just explore that or see where that lands for them. Um, so it's, it's definitely figuring out kind of how to parse some of this because I want to make sure that I'm addressing and bring up as a therapist what's important and what needs to be brought up. But I also don't want to go, you know, bring up and go, so yeah, what do you think about, you know, Joe Biden and Donald Trump and, you know, the members election? And it's like, you know, that doesn't feel appropriate. And if the client right. wants to talk about that for an hour, I will absolutely engage in that. But um, I, I wouldn't go out of my way you know, so it's like how this is approached and, and what aspects and from what angles. There's just a lot of pieces to consider. And to me, it's becoming clearer and clearer what that probably should look like and what that can evolve. Um, I think in the past, I just lumped everything into, oh, if it's, you know, something that, you know, um, is um, that can lead to a lot of emotions in some of those ways. It's not my place to. And it's like, no, that's not a good criteria <laughs> uh, for how I'm addressing this stuff with clients. Um, if that makes any sense. I, I, it does make sense. Yeah. 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 You, got, you, got, you have a, this, a look on your face. I, yeah, I'm just like, I'm thinking so much about like, huh, what? I'm just thinking of my role. Um, and even during this podcast, you've said a couple times, like, oh, I got to be careful of, you know, nerding out on this. Uh, you have such a passion for politics that... Mm. Honestly, I don't have. I have. I am definitely one of those those registered voters who's probably considered like problematic. Um, in that, do I get overly involved? Honestly, no. Like, I will learn enough to form an opinion. Um, I'm absolutely open to changing my opinion and, and you know taking in new information. Um, so I'm not saying that I'm just entirely closed off, but. Um, I'm just thinking if I were to have a client who like struggled with the upcoming election on a much deeper level, um, 
get more into the nitty gritty of the politics. I'm even wondering just about like my competence to navigate that discussion mm, um, sure. where you have so much of that comfort and like ability to get into it. Because um, I think part of my hesitance with like as you're sharing, you know, previously, I wouldn't really push back on things that people were talking about. Uh, I can relate with that. And I think specifically with politics, it comes out of like just a lack of knowledge. Um, so I, guess, I don't even know if that was a fully formed sentence anywhere. <laughs> no, I can relate to that as well. Um, coming into this uh, relationship, I wasn't really into politics in general. Like I, I was, I just wasn't. And now I guess, I mean, maybe some of it has to do with age, but also just being in this relationship, I've come to understand and um, not like, but just understand how important it is to know at least the basics. Yeah, the basics. Right. Like, like you said, Emma, I I know enough to be informed, but I'm not, you know, competent enough to hold a, you know, in depth conversation about mm, everything about what's going on right now. Right. So, yes. I get it. Whereas, just to contrast, I know for me, I will be in a meeting with, say, maybe some more providers, or we'll be, you know, doing something that. I'm, you know, maybe able to multitask in that moment. And I might be on my iPad playing with the electoral map on CNN and making oh states, you know, looking at the swing states and then how does this one become blue? And um, so that is, I mean, that's just to draw a contrast. Yeah. I mean, I'm very into the statistics around it and just how it's evolved. And, and like I said, I do have my own views, which I'm going to try not to get too much into. But um, yeah, I mean, you bring up a great point, Emma, that, you know, we look at competencies and to what degree, you know, I know um, when it does come up in my sessions with clients, another thing that that comes up and it's something that I will acknowledge. So, again, this is kind of one of those things I'm trying to parse. Right. I don't want to get into whether or not someone should support Joe Biden um, unless a client wants to. What I will get into is if I have a client who's really struggling to make ends meet and they're feeling all these stressors and blaming themselves for it. But it's clear that they're doing everything in their power. And it's clear that the problem is not the client, but it's capitalism. And I have my own views on capitalism. And I will say I'm not even actually that anti-capitalism, but I do believe it has many, many, many flaws. And if I have a client that's clearly being affected by that, I have become more comfortable with saying, hey, you know, is it because of this? Like this maybe not because you're not doing it right. It's that our society has said you got to do it X, Y, and Z way. And those ways are either not possible or they're outdated or they were never possible. They were just unrealistic expectations, which our society is really good at. Um, and we very much perpetuate in the media and in various different ways. Um, white supremacy gets tied up into that, all that, all that jazz. And is it really that what this person is facing is not a personal failing, but it's because they live in an economy that's highly flawed and that is working against them, not even working for them, it's working against them. Um, and can I acknowledge that and process that with them, even if they and I have very different views on capitalism or maybe not, um, that like, that's something that I would bring up. And that's something I have. If it's like, and I'll, and I'll drop that to see where it goes for the client, because I, I definitely want to explore that further if it lands for them. Um, and I think often it has. But um, so I guess that's a good example of where, for me, that I've sort of parsed that out a little bit, right? Again, I'm not sitting there talking about Joe Biden's chance of winning. Um, I'm talking about how there's some real aspects of our economy that are, you know, really harming my client. And I have harmed my clients, and it's, it's harmed their family. And um, yeah, so... That just that made me think of that, though, because that, that comes up a lot is yeah. maybe these issues that are very clearly related to ongoing events or, again, the economy or social justice or. And it's like that's where there can be these conversations. And if it leads to the election, um, again, I'm more than happy to go there. But that's where I've, I think I've found some of the differentiation. If that makes that's sense. That's a great example. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Um, Carlos is pointing at the clock, so it's not like it's time to take a break, so we'll do that, and we will come back on, I actually always wanted to say this, it's not really uh, an advertisement, but I'll say it anyway, we will come back uh, after these messages. <laughs> All right, and we are back, so uh, probably will be our last segment um, for today's podcast, but I'm sure we'll come back to some of this in the coming weeks and months as the election oh yes yes this hangs over our heads um uh, emma you had some thoughts around i think like counter-transference that you had started to share before we reach yeah yeah, feel free to to take it away all right um so i was kind of presenting an option kind of chatting about how to navigate counter-transference with a client who has like opposite 
belief systems as you. Um, and of course, because we're talking about politics, that's kind of where it started off for me. And I started reflecting on my experiences navigating this. Um, honestly, more recently, I've not really been having to navigate this in, at all. Um, but I was thinking back to one of the most significant times I had to navigate it um, at a previous job where you were my supervisor um, and having a client who just was, you know, I won't go into his beliefs, but there was absolutely like racist overtones involved in it. Um, just a lot of like hateful belief systems. Um, it was you know, I was a newer counselor, navigated it in the moment of just honestly kind of climbing up and just like, oh, mm. minimal encourager. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Um, right. And did get supervision on it, which I guess is like the one thing I did well here. Um, but I did go and get some supervision. And I remember at that time, this was years ago now, mm. the supervision was like, you know, if it's in your individual session and not out in the community, you are there to kind of create the space for the client's processing. Um, you can maintain the boundary that, hey, this kind of speech is not appropriate in the community setting um, and kind of see where it goes from there. So as I'm presenting the option of discussing counter-transference, I recognize that like, I haven't done a very good job navigating it. I haven't done a good job of role modeling like a dialogue around those quote unquote uncomfortable topics. Mm. Uh, so I guess partially I want to own that now and just like recognize it and continue to like explore ways that I can improve that. And I guess, you know, yay that I haven't had to navigate it recently, but I fully trust that I am going to be in a position where somebody is sharing some not so great views. Um, and so, you know, not so great views, like they're racist kind of views, which I will go on record just saying, like, those are harmful and hateful and terrible. Mm. Um, but even, you know, views that I just personally disagree with mm. um, that are not so um, racially driven or any kind of ism or phobia driven. Mm. Um, mm. So that was just kind of like very disorganized word vomit. Did any of that like make sense? <laughs> well, no, <laughs> it, it, it does. And I, I mean, and I got to ask, um, was the supervisor me that you met with? Yes, sir. It, okay. So I was, I was just going to say, and, and I, yeah, and I have no problem going into this. Um, and it, actually we need to go into this. Uh, I, and I asked that cause I could totally see, you know, 2015, 2016, 2017, Tim, um, giving that feedback. So, um, yeah, they're basically, and not that I disagree with holding the space, but to the level that we're challenging it to the level that we're, we're looking to, to really do some of this work around again, in this case, you know, talking about racism, but to that degree, um, as a supervisor, I was not equipped for that. Um, and again, I'm, I'm, this is a lifelong process, but at that point, I definitely was not equipped for that. So I just want to acknowledge that as we're talking about this. And I mean, you're saying that as a, as a therapist with that client, but me as your supervisor, that, that played out as well. Um, I would say even for the agency, if I reflect back on the agency at that time, um, and our, our clients of color, the agency overall approached our black and brown clients in a very like tone policing manner. Oh yeah. Um, Oh, yeah. So, like, it, it was systemic, which, shocker, racism is systemic. Um, but it's just, it's very interesting to kind of reflect back, and very important to reflect mm -hmm. back and realize, like, wow, I did a really poor job there. Mm -hmm. And kind of, like, take that as the opportunity to learn. Um, and I, I also should probably acknowledge that even in me saying that, there's probably a certain amount of that is just, like, self-soothing to make myself feel better mm. um, but it is also very much you know taking me out of it a necessary process for counselors to go through mm. yeah for sure for sure yeah no I, I i and this is something that's the process that i'm 
continuously doing, and I will for a very long time, specifically at, you know, looking at, well, not just, I mean, my role as a therapist overall, of course, but um, the supervision and even being a clinical director in a nonprofit setting um, and how much I perpetuated as a white man, the nonprofit yeah. complex, I'll be totally blunt on the air, bullshit that goes on, uh-huh. um, tone policing being the just the tip of that iceberg. Um, and and to what degree I engaged in that and perpetuated that. Um, some examples come to mind, and I'm sure there are memories I don't even, you know, I haven't even tapped into yet um, of instances where I perpetuated that. And you're right. The agency as a whole would and not even just that agency, but right as a whole. I mean, today, there are plenty of agencies, even within the capital region of New York State that are doing that. Um, But that's not to take away my own responsibility. And yeah, so I I, I just I cringe (laughs) some of the things. I'm sure I said the clients and I've said the the, other accounts and I'm just like, oh, my God, like, um, but it's good that we're talking about it. And um, I appreciate you being vulnerable like this and, and on the air talking about that um yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like yeah it's a blast <laughs> and it's really, and it's, it's really uncomfortable like right now i mean I'm, uh-huh. I'm nervous talking about this but I, but i think it's good that we are yeah uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, no, I, I, I hear you with that. And that's, I think, a good uh, kind of looking back on that. Um, and that's sort of freezing up, too. I mean, I think, um, again, especially as a white therapist, that is something that that we do. You know, we, we freeze up in that moment. And, um, you know, and I think it's it's that it goes back to that piece, too, that I've, you know, I've been hearing and seeing. And it makes all, so much sense to me. It's like, yeah, that that uncomfortability is real. And there is a, a real thing happening there in terms of what how to handle that, what to do with that how much that pales in comparison to the harm that's coming from that not being addressed. Um, right. And if people are dying, and as a therapist, I mean, worst case scenario for me, I challenge it, my client storms out, or he calls the state and tries to complain, or whatever. Like, that is, you know, that's the worst case scenario for me. Um, by not addressing it, those views will continue to contribute to people dying. Um, right. So, yeah, so it's it's interesting with perspectives that I'm gaining now, and it sounds like for you it's very similar, looking back on that. And I think for a lot of white therapists, oh, hopefully for a lot, um, that there is that process happening. And, um, yeah, yeah. And I know it, it is a little... I guess I can't quite say off topic from just discussing the election because I, I think that racism and like you guys were saying earlier, a lot of the isms are very prevalent in our, our current political climate. Um, so in that sense, it's not going off topic, but I know it's not necessarily saying like, oh, I counter transference when somebody is ascribing to X, Y, or Z political view. Um, I think as far as any kind of counter-transference when somebody has opposing opinions to me, I don't really have to put much thought into navigating that when it's just centered on politics. I think that's partly because I'm not nerding out about politics. It is one of the areas that it's just kind of like, okay, yep, people have different opinions. So I guess even presenting it, it's a less relevant conversation for me that probably would be for you too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. Um, as you're saying that, too, I just want, I'm just thinking, anything you want to add, Carlos? As we're talking about this, I feel like it. Um, one, I, it's a story that keeps popping up into my head this entire conversation. Um, and we can cut it out or whatever. But um, it was, I think you were a counselor at this agency. You weren't even a supervisor. Mm. And it was when you were doing a um, running club. Oh yeah, yes. you were a counselor, right? Yes, you weren't the supervisor. Um, you you would go running with a bunch of the clients around yeah. the the town or whatever. And I think you you came home one day and you were like, yeah, we were we were jogging, and it's me and you know basically all white guys with me mm-hmm. and we were running by this one guy and he like yells out like white power or like or or something mm-hmm. and it was just like you had no idea what to do in the moment just because mm-hmm. you're in the zone jogging and then you weren't even thinking about like the fact that you were with all white guys you were just jogging and right. then some random dude is like saying that and I think at the time you said uh, a bunch of the clients like looked at you and looked at each other like what the hell is going on mm. and I don't know why that story just keeps popping into my head is because it's like 
it's speaking to that that uh like not knowing what to do thing yeah totally it's just like totally. how do you address something like that in like public like yeah. he just openly said that he like yelled it out yes and it, it, it's interesting because well for one I appreciate you bringing it up and I and I don't think we should cut this out of the podcast mm-hmm. because there's another example and I actually had not thought of that or, or recalled that until you just brought it up I, I remember exactly what you're talking about and again it's one of those things where I, I now I cringe but it's important to look at it because I didn't know what to do and very likely and I can I would I'm sure of this even though I don't quite remember I'm sure that there was no follow-up afterwards. Right, you know, with, that like, we, with the client. Exactly, that we got back and went about our day and I went home and told you that story. And and I think, and you're right, in that moment, I had no clue. And so probably, did, you know, again, most of the clients with me, if not all, here we are jogging in our white supremacist world and um, doing our thing. And someone points out, oh, there's, here's an example of that. And it just blew my mind because I'm, I was so ignorant to it. I was so submersed in it, right? And I, we still are. But, um, and I think today I look at that and granted, I'm, this is off the top of my head. I haven't put a, a lot of thought into this particular example. I will now. Um, but right off the bat, I'm thinking that could have been a great opportunity afterwards to sit down with these clients, other white male clients, and have a conversation about what came up for everybody in that, right? So that initial kind of, you know, what, what I would imagine would have been a lot of racist, white supremacist reactions of, you know, well, I'm not, I'm not racist, or how could this person, you know, and, and us go through the motions of that and get angry and fragile and all that jazz. Do that and then talk about, okay, but what does that what was that person actually pointing out here and what is going on around us and to actually open up a dialogue about how we do live in a very racist society and a racist system and that it doesn't make us bad people that we're racist, but we have to acknowledge that we are and we have to look at that. And if we don't do something about that, that's what's wrong. You know, basically going into all these different aspects and things that I've come more to terms with and I'm still, again, immersing myself in, I would try to have that conversation as a group with those clients. And it pains me looking back on it that I didn't. Yeah. What a wasted opportunity yeah. that was. Um, yeah. So anyway, no, I appreciate you bringing it up, Carlos. That's a, that's a great example of that. And I'm sure I have others, you know, again, as you opened up, you know, Emma and shared, you know, that for you, but um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, my point in bringing that up is um, people need to realize that even though you may have those situations in your life, that doesn't give you the opportunity to grow or improve or, you know, like you're doing, you're reflecting on it and you're like, this is what I could have done. You know, now, now you know what you can do. Mm-hmm. And it's not like, oh, well, I messed up that one time, so I'll never talk about it again. Right. That's more right. damaging than you bring it up. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. No, if anything, there's a part of me that like wishes that, not wishes that, you know, all these factors are at play, but that based on the system that we live in, I could have that opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. And there will be further opportunities that there just will be. But um, I, if I could go back and redo that, what an, oh man, what an opportunity that could have been to actually uh-huh. like talk about, you know, this person's actually pointing out some very real dynamics and yeah, um, yeah he pointed at us, but we're part of that system. I mean, just, oh man. <laughs> yeah. No, I appreciate, again, I appreciate you bringing it up and, and you're right. I, my hope is that people lean into that. I know. I, I haven't always, um, and uh, a lot of people still don't. We retreat and have various yeah. reactions to it um, in terms of, you know, not white people. But, yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. So that this all said, any additional, um, I want to be careful of our time because I know we're um, about out. Um, and there's so many, like, things that we could branch off of this with. And I appreciate where the conversation went because I think this uh-huh. is very intertwined with what we're talking about today. Um but um, that's it. Yeah, any additional thoughts, Carlos, Emma? I am good. Yeah, I think I I am also good. Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Same here. Well, thank you both for engaging in this conversation. And like I said, we'll we'll come back to elements of this. I'm sure. Um, and even after the election, you know, again, um, God willing, things go in the right direction. Um, and yeah, and we'll follow up next time. Yep. Awesome. Thank you. Nope. Thank you both. Thank you both. And we will talk soon. Bye.